So, yes, uh, I think we're going to get a shirt that says Church 54 survived the 20s, the new 20s, the new 20s. I'm believing that the best is yet to come. Do y'all believe that? I believe the best is yet to come. Isn't it weird that you're living in the 20s? When you were younger, you always thought of 19. You're living in the 20s right now. I believe that the first part of the 20s was the worst part of the 20s, and you made it. Look at your neighbor and say, you made it. One of the things um, that, that you might have noticed in uh, this pandemic when you're used to going out, um, you know, I've heard people called it COVID-19 because that's how much weight we gained during the pandemic. Because you're not able to go anywhere and you're eating everything in the house. Lee and I started a diet three days ago and then right, right <laughs> and, and it was after this storm. It's something about a storm that you go into a grocery store and you just buy whatever you can think of. You're not thinking about your diet. You're not, you're like, how many Oreos can we stack up? How many chips, especially if you have kids, right? You're like, we're going all out. New Orleans knows how to throw a party, right? So we're like, we're going to have a hurricane party. This sucks and we're going to make it great, right? And one of the things that we had to do is we had to entertain ourselves because even the place that we evacuated to, it, the storm actually like followed us. So it was raining half the time and, uh, so we had to entertain ourselves, and we were like, hey, let's get off of our phones, let's get off of technology, and we started playing games. Lee and I like to play games, part of like date night. We like dominoes, we like, uh, we like uh, rummy, but we wanted to get the whole family to play, and we started to play Monopoly. Have you ever played Monopoly? I haven't played Monopoly in a long time. Now, the thing about Monopoly that's good and bad, the thing about Monopoly is that in Monopoly, it takes a long time. And you will notice at the beginning of Monopoly, everybody's talking noise. Everybody's like, because they got all their money up front. They have all their dreams. They're going to take over Broadway and build hotels on it. You know, they've got their plan. Everybody's confident at the beginning of Monopoly. But when you start making a couple of bad decisions and some wrong, like some bad hands, you will lose confidence very quickly. You will actually see the blood run out of people's faces when they have to go to jail another time with that role, right? It's something about Monopoly, but I think it hits adults worse than it even hits children because we can actually relate to Monopoly in life. It's like, are you kidding me? First, you're loving each other, you're having fun, and then your spouse, it gets heated, it gets heated. Are you kidding me? Another bad role. Are you kidding me? How is this happening right now? And emotions can get high, and before you know it, you lose all confidence, and you have that one person like, I quit. I quit. I'm not doing this. I quit. And you're like, you can't quit. You got to go all the way through the game. I don't care if you have $100 left and I have $50,000. You can't quit. That's not how we play. You're going to be busted, and you're going to feel as low as I can make you feel, and then the game is over. But I think adults take it even worse because they recognize that sometimes a few failures or bad decisions and a few bad hands can cause all the confidence to leave your life. And before you were so excited about the world and vision and you have to deal with this thing where you realize you're not really in control. You're not really in control. God's given us power. He's given us authority. But he never promised that Christians are able to skip the storm and the world is able to go through the storm. He said, I'm going to cause 
it both to reign on the just and the unjust, but nothing's going to come nigh your dwelling. It's not going to phase you. I'm going to give you an antidote to keep your confidence in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a pandemic, when, you're, when your bank account's not showing what you want it to. I'm going to cause you to rely on me, and I'm going to walk with you. You might be going through the same thing, but on the other side, I'm bringing a breakthrough with your life. Do you believe that? And so I want to give you this today. I want us to look at things. Let's be real with ourselves. Guys are the worst with this. Guys want to never admit that they ever deal with any insecurity. They're like, I got it. It's good. Everything's good. But how many of you know that everybody has to battle insecurity at one point or another? You know, insecurity, it usually comes when we see failure in our life, disappointment in our life, rejection in our life, exhaustion in our life. It can cause insecurity. Insecurity causes you to feel rejected, isolated, fearful, shameful, depressed, feelings of inadequacy. Have you ever felt inadequate? Like, I can't take it. I don't know how many people that I have talked to recently that says, man, I don't think I can take another blow. I feel inadequate. I don't know if I can handle this. But God has given us his confidence, and confidence produces security. Confidence produces favor. You know what I love about favor? What is favor? Favor, it, it, it literally means unmerited grace, grace that you don't even deserve. When you come into confidence, God will give you unmerited. He will give you favor. He will give you authority. It attracts the blessing. Your confidence begins to attract the blessing. It causes doors to open in your life, promotion. It even builds healthy relationships. I would choose confidence over insecurity. How many of you want to choose confidence over insecurity? Wave at me. Wave at me. Don't be insecure that you can't wave your hand. Wave at me. I want to choose confidence over insecurity. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of being challenged and controversy. It's easy to be confident at the beginning of that Monopoly game. But when you're down and out, when things aren't going the way that you thought they would go, there are times that you have to encourage yourself in the Lord and get confidence from him. The problem is, and the way that we get off track, is we start to get our confidence in things that are not even him. We're going to talk about that in a minute. You know, in James 1, 2, the headline of this scripture says this. The headline is faith under pressure. Faith under pressure. Has anybody been under any kind of pressure lately? Faith under pressure. Listen to what he says. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at, your, at you from all sides. We've been getting a lot of gifts lately. Consider it a sheer gift when challenges come. You know that under pressure, say pressure, your faith life is forced into the open, into the open and shows its true colors. How, any of you have shown your true colors lately? 
Don't act like your Mother Teresa's like in her, her lineage. I know some of you have shown your, two, your true colors. There might have been some yelled, uh, raised voices. There might be some uh, slander. There might be some punching in walls. Some of you Irish people out there with anger problems. There might be some things in your life that you can gravitate to. You can show your true colors. But how many of you know that even when your true colors are shown, that's not when we get defeated. That's when we allow God to deal with those things. We wipe those things away. We forget what is behind and we move forward. Is forced to show its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. How many of you know that God is allowing us to be formed in faith in this time? And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's hard. But when you stick with God, something beautiful comes on the other side. It looks like this, Jeremiah 17, 8. They are like trees, those that are stick with God in these times. They are like trees planted, planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. Don't you love that? Things have been getting heated. But such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. How many of you want that right there? Listen, you're, gonna, you're going through the heat but God is going to allow you to experience his presence, and he's going to speak to you. You're going to be by the river. You're going to be so strong that your leaves are not going to wither, and you're going to produce fruit in your season. Why? Because you're staying grounded. You're staying confident in him. You're not letting insecurity and doubt and fear rule your life. You're letting the presence of God rule your life. So I want to look at this. Look at Adam and Eve. And I want us to look at our lives because the same way that Adam and Eve dealt with insecurity and shame is sometimes the same way that we deal with insecurity. The Bible says when they ate, shame came and they became self-conscious. Have you ever been self-conscious before? Have you ever been conscious of yourself? God never intended for us to be self-conscious. He intended for us to be God-conscious. Don't you love pictures of when you were little? I have a picture of Honor in her little bitty diaper at two years old. She's, or I don't even know if she's in a diaper. She's probably running around naked in the rain. She doesn't care about anything. She's not self-conscious because that's something that comes later when that nature kicks in. But God never intended for us to be self-conscious. You see the shame that came, and what did they begin to do? They begin to build for themselves clothes made out of leaves. Leaves are something, what what do leaves do? Leaves protect. So when you feel, when you feel insecure or shame, what do you do? Do you put up a uh, a protective mechanism in your life? Because if you are not careful, you can begin to try to sow your own comfort and your own protection, and it will lead you down a wrong road. But this is what we do as humans. As humans, we begin to say things like, I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to do 
life like I want to do life. I'm just going to do me. Have you heard that a lot lately? I'm just going to do me. Well, you can start doing you, and you can start to build things to make you feel more confident about, about yourself, but you're skipping apart. See, a lot of people in these times, they want to seem important, and they put up a facade and a front, and they want to be able to look at their accomplishments, and that is what's giving them security. But if you have any security outside of Jesus, it will eventually become an insecurity. So I want to be a doctor because I will be looked a certain way. It's a perfective mechanism. Or I want to be a business owner. Or I want to be a church planner. Or I want to do all these different things. And these things are not bad, but they're only detrimental and harmful when you try to build for yourself something that causes you to feel important because you're hiding behind insecurity. People do this. People do this all the time. Got to build my bank account. I got to build my business. And these things are not bad. But the problem is if your confidence in, are in these things, one day you're building your house on the sand. One day the storm will come and you will have no more confidence. And so it's important that we don't see it's very easy in storms when, when you have the job and you have your 401k and you have the picket fence and a little dog named Fido and you've got all of your security around you, but there is a storm that's always coming. And I'm not here to preach gloom and doom. I'm here to tell you there is good news. You will go through some things when you're holding on to God and look back and be like, man, I had a grace to go through that. So I'm not speaking, I'm not speaking like, oh, you better get ready, doom and gloom. No, it is inevitable. Life happens. Life happens, and don't be at a place where because of shame and insecurity, you're trying to build your own thing, and you're hiding behind it, because eventually it comes crashing down. You hear it all the time, people that are uh, NFL stars or people that are in a profession, and then it leaves, and they find themselves empty. People can even have a protective mechanism so they get in relationships. Don't put your confidence in relationships. Some people, they feel confident, and they think they're going to feel confident when they have their spouse. Let me tell you, there's going to be a day when your spouse doesn't seem like it's all really working out. There's going to be a day where God's going to test, yes, they're all lovey-dovey, and they're all for you right now. But there are going to be days when it seems like you want to pull each other's hair out, and we'll see where your confidence lies. Y'all are all like, I need to pray for Pastor Evans' marriage. No, you don't. We're in love. We still, we're in love. I'm just saying, you will have those days. I want you to write this down. We want to find security in our accomplishments, but God wants us to find security in his presence. We want to find security in our accomplishments, but God wants us to find security in his presence. Where do you find security? your security. See, because there's something that we all want to do, and it's not a bad thing. We want to take control, right, of our lives. We think that we can take control in our lives. And listen, God has goodness. Goodness and mercy is going to follow you. But, but as you're following God, you will realize sometimes you're not always in control. You're not always in control. And so in our lives, God will even test us Count it all joy. God will even test us and get those things that we're getting security outside of Jesus out of our life. 
And some of you, maybe you're, you have been experiencing shut doors, but those shut doors are only preparing you for an open door. And we want to hang on. We want to hang on to our thing. We want to hang on to our comfort. And God says, I made you to have comfort in my presence. I made you to have a solidity with my presence and my promise. And, and this is the thing. Sometimes God will strip things away so that you are in all of just him. Sometimes God will get rid of things in your life. And actually, I've talked to so many people before. They said, man, when that thing left my life, I was devastated. But I realized that God closed that door because he had another door for me. And in that time, from point A to point B, I had to hold on to him. And I'm closer to him today because I had to rely on his presence and not rely on my external comforts. God says, hey, Give me those clothes. I got something better for you. Give me those things. I got something better for you. I remember when I first started ministry, I never, I never, I never wanted to be in ministry, to be honest. It was never a, a thing that, uh, that I desired to do. Uh, I remember I, I wanted to be in real estate and just make money and live for God. That's all I wanted to do. And, um, and, but how many of you know we don't choose our calling? Our calling chooses us. And so... Um, I remember uh, in my early 20s, in my early 20s, uh, I got in this ministry, right? And, and, uh, and I started becoming a pastor, which was weird at first. Anybody calling you a pastor, you're like, me? Like, yeah, hey, Pastor Evan. You're like, that's weird. I feel weird about that. Uh, but I'm in my young 20s, and, I, and, and you're starting to speak. You're starting to speak in, to hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, and you have people that see you as a certain way. And then at that moment, if, you don't, if you're not careful, those things that you never even wanted, those things that were blessings, start become security for you. And you can, be, you can hide behind the title pastor, and you can hide behind. And listen, God blesses. We had dream house. We had everything that we want. But there was a moment in 2008 where we, had, we hit a financial crisis. And in that ministry that I was in, we had to disperse. People had to go in different cities and help start different ministries. You know, sometimes we think that's the enemy, but sometimes God will make that happen. You know, the early believers tried to hang out in Antioch, and God said, no, I'm bringing, turning up some persecution so that you have to go to the world and preach the gospel. And in that time, when I was dispersed, I no longer have a secretary, I no longer have a team, I no longer have the title pastor, you're just Evan. And in that moment, you think it's whatever, in that moment you think, oh my God, I was putting confidence behind a title and a position. But how many of you know, when you know who you are in God, you can take away the title, you can take away the house, you can take away the position, but when you know that you have Jesus, you don't need anything else. You know who you are, and when things hit the fan, you know where to go and what to do, but God will begin to break things off of you so that you don't rely on th those things, but you rely in his presence and his word. Is God calling you right now? And I'm not telling you the things that you have are bad. God blesses you. I'm just saying, is it your confidence? Because God wants to be your confidence. See, because when we are self-confident, when we are, 
When we are self-conscious, we begin to build things for ourselves and not for him. We're busy building our thing because we're self-confident or we're self-conscious and we're trying to make ourselves feel better. So the next achievement and the next good grade and the next promotion is what we live for. But if you've lived long enough, you will get everything and realize that there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Long story short, in those moments that God had to place me in different places, he was showing me how to rely and trust in him and not my own thing and trust in his presence. Because this is the truth. When you are a man or woman in his presence, you are a successful person. When you have succeeded in a place where you need his presence, you are a successful person. And I'm I'm asking you today, are there things in your life that you feel like you have to get? Because this is the truth. You You will accomplish all these things, and at the end of it, you will still feel a hole and a loss and almost a rejection in your life. I'll prove it to you. So they sowed these fake clothes on themselves. And then the Bible says they were scared... And they hid. They, they felt this rejection from God. They were scared. And they hid in the middle of trees. Now, if you know the meanings of things in the Bible, trees always represents flesh. So they hid. And this is what happens. We try to accomplish things because we get our identity in what we do and not who he is. Instead of getting our identity in who he is and not what we do. And we will find ourselves empty, and then we will find ourselves feeling this um, sense of fear and loneliness because of rejection. And this is what we do. You, you've heard this. You start to look for your own truth. I got to find my own truth. You gotta, I got to find my own truth because I'm trying to cover myself. I got to find my own truth. See, we want to have it all figured out because that gives us a sense of control. So we look to like influencers. Instead of looking to God, we look to influencers. And I I don't want to ruffle any feathers here, but hey, Oprah doesn't have all the answers, right? Dr. Phil doesn't have all the answers. Some of you just got mad, like you did not just talk about Dr. Phil. Some of you, Joe Rogan doesn't have all the answers. I've heard people look, I love the guy, but like he thinks in order to find God, you have to eat mushrooms. And I've had people in the church that are like, oh, that sounds good because I really want to trip on mushrooms. That's finding your own truth. And guess what? I've never seen it end very well for you. If God wanted us to eat mushrooms, I think he would have it in the Bible. Well, Moses saw a burning bush because he was on mushrooms. Come on. You get so filled up with things that you want it to be your own truth and you want to take sides. Gary V doesn't have all your business answers. Don't talk about Gary V. He's successful. Well, let me, let me, some of you, I have no clue who any of these people are. <laughs> the thing is, we go to influencers in different voices and God is saying, you need to come to me because it's the only acceptance you're going to find. So, we start to take sides and we start to take factions because so we want to be liked by a group. Listen to me, this is huge. 
And this is for the church right now. We want to be liked by a group. So we say, you know what? I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. And we begin to take sides. Now, if you're a Democrat or a Republican, it doesn't matter. But if you're trying to find your acceptance and seeing everything through a lens of political lens instead of a kingdom lens, lens, you're going to be caught up sooner or later. I've told everybody, I'm not a left wing, I'm not right wing, I'm for the whole bird. And this is the thing. Some of us, we get mad because we put politics before God's word. Can I tell you that culture is not kingdom? Well, I'm a Catholic. Well, I'm a non-denominational. I think it's funny when you ever see Tom, your Tom hop and you're like really looking at what you used to say and you're embarrassed at yourself. <laughs> you know, back in the day when it used to say Evan is and then you're like writing everything that you're doing and you're like, nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. That's what you did that day. But but I, I noticed I did something because we live in a land that wants to live for likes. And I, I noticed that I did something that, that I, I, I knew that I had a certain group that really got like, I was like, you know what? You can sit around and eat potato chips, but there are people going to hell. I don't know. I'm going to get some likes on that one. That's going to be some religious people that are like, yeah, you're right. We need to get up and, and begin to win souls. But I wasn't thinking about the people that were actually lost that I was actually driving away. All the Christians that were struggling in their marriage and they're trying to keep their head underwater. What did I want? We, we subconsciously want to be liked by a side and we'll begin to get these accolades when we should only get our accolades or our pleasure by Jesus. Are you following me? This is how, this is how religion starts. Because we want, we want to, to have our traditions and our things and be liked by a side. We start, we start to take, here's a big one. I'm an anti-vaxxer. Or I'm a vaccinator. Can you just let people follow God for their life if they want medicine in them or not? Do we not have to take sides about everything? How about our common denominator be Jesus? You need Jesus, I need Jesus, you follow Jesus for your life, I follow Jesus for my life. I'm tired of everybody taking sides and you're on this side and this side. It is a strategy of the enemy to cause division, not only in the world, but in the church. And we find ourselves in a place where we like to choose sides because it's culture and it is not kingdom. And so we put our politics before kingdom. We put our family's ideas and opinions before kingdom. And I'm here to tell you today, at the end of the day, God is going to make sure that you're listening to his voice. That's what you're accountable to, not the surrounding voices around you. And I'm here. Be careful in this season that you don't drift away and start to listen to every little voice because it will trip you up. The Bible says, don't be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable year of the Lord. You'll prove what is acceptable in your life. Listen, God has a word for you, and that's what you need to follow. God's speaking right now, and he has a word for you. We start to live to appease a tribe instead of one to please God. Write this down. 
We want to be accepted by culture while God wants us to be convicted by his word. We want, to, we want to be accepted by culture when God wants us to be convicted by his word. How about this? Instead of I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, I'm an anti-vaxxer, I'm a vaxxer, I'm a, I'm a mask wearer, I'm not, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I wear a mask, people are offended. I don't wear a mask, people are offended. I get a vaccine, people are offended. How about we stop being offended? It's the truth. I'm for Black Lives Matter. I'm not for Black Lives Matter. Oh, don't go there. How about we start to understand each other and get in God's word and be patient and begin to live and walk God out for our lives and love each other? How about this? Why don't we start to say this? I am a good and faithful servant. I live for his acceptance and his acceptance alone. Not I'm this or I'm that or this. It's division. I'm a good and faithful servant. I live for his acceptance and his acceptance alone. If you don't like me following for God, I'm sorry. I don't have to answer to you at the end of the day. Come on, somebody. It's freeing when you stop living for the opinions of people. The Bible says it's a snare and a trap. Begin to live for the opinion of God, and you will find yourself becoming a better person. So God says, get behind that flesh, get behind those trees, get behind those things that you're trying to hide behind. Get behind, let's get behind that. And, and let me put something on you. Let me put something on you. See, because when we go down this road, this is what happens. When crap hits the fan, or junk hits the fan, whatever you'd prefer to say. <laughs> when junk hits the fan, you have already come into a place where you have picked sides. Instead of turning to God, you want to blame somebody else. In your life, you will come under something called condemnation and accusation. This is what Adam and Eve felt. And that's when God said, hey, what about you? What about you? And Adam was like, oh, it's the woman you gave me. He's not only blaming the woman, he's blaming God. How arrogant, arrogant can you be? Not like, I'm wrong, sorry, I'm an idiot, I ruined the whole world. <laughs> nah, we, we, we come to a place where we get this start, we start building these things up and nobody can get to us, not even God. And instead of getting right with God, we say, they're the problem. It's those Democrats, that's the problem. It's those Republicans, that's the problem. And oh, they're the, and what we do is we start to blame. We start to blame. Do you know why we blame? Do you know why we point fingers? Because internally we feel like somebody's pointing a finger at us. Internally you feel accusation. You don't measure up. You're not good enough. Do you know what you did? Do you know what you said? And we feel, and it's a de defense mechanism that we say, I feel horrible and I feel judged, therefore I will judge. And this is how you ruin relationships. Because the whole nature of the enemy is slander and causing division. So what we do is we feel judged so that we begin to judge and we actually say, you know what, God? 
you're not really God. I'm going to sit on your throne and judge for you. And that's when we will notice the grace leave our life. And if you're dealing with things today that you thought you would never deal with, maybe it's because you've tried to take the place of God. How about we become a people that says, when God says, hey, come here, what you hiding from? Why did you do that? How about we become a people that says, God, I'm yours. God, I'm yours. See, because this is what happens. Are y'all okay today? This is what happens. We say, look at such and such, because we make we want ourselves to feel better. Well, they're not as good as Christians over there. So this is making me feel better. Or I start to look to other people instead of God. Right? And so if I have a bad attitude, I'm a I'm I'm justified because my boss is a whatever. If I have if I have these issues, well, it's because of somebody else. And we start to blame. Well, I am where I am in life because of the way I grew up. I'm here to tell you today that God, God is going to restore all the things that you thought was a bad hand, and he's going to begin to redeem that in your life. If you have dealt with things that are beyond you felt like your control, it's because God is going to about to reverse it so that you can help somebody else. We want to be bitter, but God wants us to be broken. You're like, I don't like that word broken. Nobody does, but there's never unity without brokenness. Ask people that are in the military here. There is no, there is no unity without saying, yes, God, you're Lord. There's no unity with us unless we say, you know what? I, I'm broken before you, and I say, let your will be done in my life. Can I get somebody to come and play so everybody thinks I'm about to close? Are y'all okay today? How about we become a people that we're not bitter, but we become broken before God and let God do a work that he wants to do in us? Let's make an exchange. Let's make an exchange. See, the truth is that Jesus made an exchange when he shed his blood. It's the currency of heaven. He made an exchange. So he paid the price. You have certain rights today because of the price that Jesus paid. So we have certain rights as an American today because people laid their life down and fought for those rights. We, have, we did nothing for those rights. We were born into those rights. But when you come to God, you are born into the kingdom of God, and the price that Jesus paid gave you rights in the kingdom of God. And one of those rights is to begin to cause insecurity, fear, and condemnation and come into God confidence for your life. So when Jesus, before he was put on the cross, the Bible says that the Pharisees begin to question him and slap him and hit him, and he was bleeding from his face. It was literally, he paid that price. What, when you think of Evan, you're not going to think of his white shoes. You're going to think about my face and my small eyes. Right? Because our identity, our identity is with our face. 
Jesus gave his cheek. The Bible said they plucked his, they plucked his beard out. He bled in his face so that we can have the right identity. It is a price that was paid. Just like by his stripes we are healed. When they slapped him and beat him and ridiculed him and accused him, it paid the price for you to have the correct identity. And what I want to do today is I want you to make a decision to not look at the world's or not feel, um, feel confident because of what you have or what you've done or or live for the opinions of others. Today, I, I, I pray that you become like that plant that is planted by the riverbed that begins to get strong and produces fruit because you're connected to the true source. God made you to be in relationship with him, and it is not hard. We make Christianity hard. We make Christianity hard. Christianity is not hard. You know what Christianity is like? People say, you know, like, hey, I want you to pray, and they freak out. You know what Christianity is like? Help! That's what Christianity is like. God, I need you. I need you in my life. And we've been trying to do life and strive for so long on our own that God is saying, I will let you get exhausted to the point where you're at the end of yourself and broken so that you will invite me in your life to help you. Because what God wants ultimately is to have a relationship with you. And we're striving on our own for so long that we begin to trip up and make bad decisions when God is saying, I'm your shepherd. I'm your leader. How about us quit trying to make a name for ourselves? There's a promise in the Bible that God makes our name great, that God takes care of it. You know, the Bible says in John 15 that he is the vine and we are the branches. We produce the fruit. We're connected to him. You've never gone to a vineyard before and listened to the vine and, and, and hear the branches go like, Ugh! you've never heard that. There is no striving in a branch that's off the vine. You just are connected to the vine and fruit just comes. What God wants is to be connected with you through you to be relying on him. That is the answer. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. My, my load is light. Watch how I do it. Work with me, and I will give you rest for your souls. We need some rest. We've been through some unrest lately. I don't know if you've heard the term unprecedented times. I'm being facetious. I don't know if you've heard the term, um, you know, pivot. And I can see that even the people of God, they're getting tired but God wants us to get our energy back by relying on him. Can we say that we're going to do that today? Come on, stand up if that's what you want today. I want us to declare something today. I want to give you three declarations to exchange insecurity for confidence. I believe that this week, not only are you going to declare this, but you're going to believe this, and you're going to see breakthrough in your life today. Are you ready? Number one, say this after me. Say, I am accepted. See, we don't need to run away from God's presence. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. No height of your sin, no failure, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And God wants you to know today you are accepted.
I am accepted for who I am. That's why God told Adam and Eve, hey, take that off. What your shame, what, what your shameful, come in, come be vulnerable with me. What was that like to have to take off what you built for yourself, what you tried to cover up with, and God's like, take that off. I got something better to put on you. God right now wants you to eliminate rejection from your life and find acceptance in his presence. When he shed his blood, he said you can go straight to God. You don't have to have a priest to get you there. You don't have to get your aunt to bring you there. You have, you're able to go straight to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Say that again. I am accepted. Number two, I am acquitted. See, when Jesus shed his blood, the Bible says that he cleansed you from all unrighteousness. See, we feel accusation, but the Bible says that he is faithful for those that begin to turn and those that begin to repent that he washes that sin away. Come on, can you just lift your hands if you feel comfortable? And just say, God, thank you that you wash my sin away. Come on, right now, right now, thank you that you wash my sin away. Everything, everything that you have fallen short, you didn't hit the mark. God is saying, I'm washing it away. It is a promise. And I'm cleansing your consciousness. I'm cleansing your consciousness. No longer, no longer are you conscious of yourself. No longer are you conscious of yourself. Now you're conscious of me. You're conscious of me. And this is the last declaration I want to make. Say this again. Say, I'm accepted. I'm acquitted. Here's the last one. I'm a son or a daughter. I'm a son or a daughter. Listen, you are not a hireling. You are not working for God. You're not working for this big man upstairs. You're a son. You're a daughter. That means that you're a joint heir. You have an inheritance. God has planned your days, and they are days of good. There are days that are bright. Listen, your past is over. His grace is greater, and your future is brighter. I want us to begin to declare that I'm accepted, that I'm acquitted, and I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And I'm telling you, when you begin to focus on him, and you begin to focus what he paid for, all of that strife, all of that shame, all of that insecurity is going to fall off your life and you're going to begin to receive the security of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. Lord, I pray for everybody that is here in this room and online. I thank you that they are accepted, they are acquitted, and they are yours. They're a son and a daughter of you. And today, God, I thank you that you're breaking the chains of insecurity and that you're giving them a nature of faith that you're giving them a nature of confidence. They will no longer be self-confident, but they will be God-confident, for they know who their God is. They know who their Father is. And I thank you that you are our good shepherd, that you're leading us in green pastures. You are leading us beside still waters, that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. We take off what we have been covering up with. We take it off and we say, God, cover us. Cover us with your sacrifice. Cover us with what you paid for. And we rely on you as sons and daughters in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, give God a hand today. Come on, if you believe it, give God a shout. Before we leave, before we close, I want to say one prayer online or in the house. If you don't have a relationship with God, it's one prayer. We have a team praying this. Let's pray it all together. 
Listen, the Bible says don't wait tomorrow. This life is nothing but a vapor. Don't try to get it together and come to God. Come to God and he'll get it all together. Can we say this prayer together? If you say, you know what, I'm far away from God. I need a relationship with him. Say this one prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you died, that you rose again, and that you're alive today. I want to follow you. Not only are you my Savior, but you're my Lord. Come into my life. Lead me and guide me in the mighty name of Jesus. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you said that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you. Just slip up your hand if you said that prayer. If you said that prayer, I see your hands. I see your hands. God bless you. You can put them down. Online. If you said that prayer, I would love for you to message us as well. And there have people in the house that raise their hands today. And I want to do something as a church because we value what heaven values. And the Bible says that when one person turns to him, all the heavens rejoice. Can we join heaven as a party today on the count of three for those that gave their lives to God today? Can we do that, Church 54, before we close out? One two, three. Come on, give God a hand today. Come on, give God a shout. He's worthy.